There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of Barbecue and Tech, Thanksgiving menu and ideas. Chris and I are going, how many years this is back to back, we're doing Thanksgiving together, but uh, we are going to be cooking together again, and we're going to share with you what we plan to make for Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime, co-host, and since I am celebrating 20 years of marriage with my wife in Iceland, leading right up to the moment of Thanksgiving, uh... Chris Ashley, my Thanksgiving cook. <laughs> wow, what I a actually get back. I get back on the Monday before Thanksgiving, but uh, I do know there's some activities that must happen to get the turkeys and the brine and all that good stuff. So uh, I will miss yeah. some of the upfront stuff, but I'll be there for the for the cooking and the eating. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so yeah, you're going to be gone, so I got to do most of the work, which is not. Which is pretty much every Thanksgiving anyway. Right. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. No. Yeah, we haven't done a lot of Thanksgivings together. So, but uh, with my mom coming up this year and moving in, it was just going to be easier. So, um, we, we can just order out, do Chinese this year. I mean, we can. I mean, I'm sure you'll find something you like. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is, this is your holiday. This is the one. This is the, this is my Super Bowl of of cooking. Uh, I love tailgating. I love doing regular barbecues throughout the year, but nothing, no other event gets me going like Thanksgiving. It's a it was always a big tra- tradition at my house. My mom uh, is an excellent cook, and uh, you know she put she was able to put her own spin on a lot of the traditional stuff. And uh, I've picked up the mantle probably about uh, probably a little bit over 15 years ago and I've kept it going and uh, continue to put our own spin on things. So, um, so what we're doing on this episode is something you guys have heard us do many times where we've just planned out an event, but I want you to understand that we don't just do this for the podcast. We actually do this in real life. So we just decided that we would open up the mics and allow you guys to kind of hear how we plan through an event or, or specifically like this Thanksgiving and stuff like that. This is stuff that we normally sit down to do and kind of think through and uh, how, you know, how we go through it. And so this year will be no different. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. We're definitely going to do uh, at least two turkeys. Uh, both smoked, uh, but I like uh, since we had Pitmaster Tyler on here, and he dropped some gems on that episode. Um, definitely picked up a few tips that I'm I'm going to incorporate into this year's uh, smoke. And then I went back to the store and had a conversation um, with the other manager we're trying to get on here, and uh, she gave me some tips too. Uh, she had kind of expounded on those tips, so. Definitely going to talk about that uh, on this particular episode. So, folks, when you I suggest that if this is your first time trying to smoke a turkey or your first time frying a turkey, they're both really, really good. But I would suggest uh, that you a get your turkey at least three days, four days before Thanksgiving, because a lot of times, even though they're not frozen, 
they are still super cold. And, uh, you know, that'll obviously throw off your cook time, especially internally, right? Because that's going to take the longest to thaw out. And so you don't want to serve raw turkey, right? Uh, so that's part one. Part two, my experience is uh, brining a turkey definitely does it good. Uh, a lot of these guys talk about brining the turkey for two days and three. I, I don't find that to be beneficial at all. One uh, 12 hour session of brine is what I do. Um, if I'm frying a turkey, definitely pull it out. I like to let it drain for a day before I even start thinking about seasoning it and stuff like that. If I'm smoking it, I don't worry about it so much. I can t- eliminate that day. But the last thing you want is a 350 degree oil and you're dropping water into that oil. Doesn't go well, um, obviously. So that's another tip that I would do. Um, and yeah. you can YouTube and see some videos of utter disasters of people yeah. not getting themselves prepped. Uh, so uh-huh. actually you said, you said something at the beginning, yep. which is we're going to have two smoked turkeys. Yep. Just, we both have smoked wings and then later thrown them in the air fryer. And I know you've actually thrown them into the, um, actually to an oil fryer as well. Mm-hmm. Just wondering any thoughts of uh smoked and fried turkey because we've done it with chicken and wings specifically and i i, I can't remember was the air fryer or the oil you said it maintained uh the air fryer i find is enhances the turkey uh the smoke sorry the smoke flavor in the wings whereas the air the oil for me tends to diminish the smoke flavor in it still good they're both excellent you know, I would, but I find the air fryer to be better. So, and it's funny because, um, as I was perusing the internet just the other day, and we hadn't even talked about this, I actually saw somebody who did a smoked and fried turkey, but I didn't click on it just because of my experience. Okay. My experience with wings. So, do you? Lo- um, yeah, if you're going to lose a lot of the, f- I was just thinking with the turkey being a little larger. Yeah, wings, are, wings tend to be small, so you might lose some of the flavor in wings, but you may be able to maintain it a little bit better in turkey. Yeah, to me, it's just too much setup uh, and and probably a bit of a waste because you have to buy the oil, uh, the fryer, oil. and then heat it. And most, if I'm going to smoke it most of the way and then just finish it off in oil for what? You know what I mean? Um, so that's it's not on my radar, at least currently. Um, maybe it's something I would try with a smaller piece, but... Uh, no, not for this. No. I, and plus, I find last year I felt like was the best jerk turkey that I've created to date. And thankfully, the quality has gone up every year. But I think I finally solidified my process uh, for making uh, Jamaican jerk uh, smoked turkey. So we'll do a, uh, that, which is my tradition. And then... um We'll do a typical either barbecue or Cajun because uh, typically we do a, a you would do a Cajun fried turkey if you're going around going this route. But um, I'll leave it up to up to you. What do you think? Of, you know, you want to do Cajun or do you want to do more of a, uh, a like a like we traditional turkey? That's no, we do a Cajun and we do a we do a jerk. I think that's good. OK, so. Yeah, so we can do some nice rubs on there and, you know, give it a little bit of savory heat on that thing. And um, I think that'll be pretty good Uh, because normally we've done barbecue. We've done salt, straight salt and pepper uh, with uh, herbs. And uh, so we but uh, we I don't think we've done the smoked Cajun turkey. We've done fried. So that'll be a nice little change up. Um, Another tip is this is your first time frying and doing or doing a smoked turkey. I would suggest you do your traditional, whatever you do is traditional to you and then do a second one. That's what you want to switch to. Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's that important Thanksgiving that, you know, I couldn't tolerate, you know, not having that big main done. So, uh, when we first, the first time, uh, me and my buddies switched to fried Turkey, we actually did a traditional Turkey, the whole way oven basting, all of that stuff. But we did a fried Turkey too. And then, the the traditional turkey sat there lonely and the fried turkey got demolished and that was it from there and uh the first time i smoked the turkey i did a fried turkey because that was my normal now and then i did a smoked turkey and both got eaten but the uh, smoked turkey definitely was uh was my 
was my new norm and has become my new norm. So I would just make those little suggestions to folks that's looking to do one for the first time. And a couple of people have hit me up already about uh, doing their first smoked turkey. All right. So let's agree. Uh, Turkey's about 12 to 13, 12 to 14 pounds, roughly in size. We're not going crazy on our sizes, right? No, no. I, I don't like the idea. I've, I've said this many times before. I don't like the idea of getting that 20-pound turkey, um, you know, that 30-pound. I, I don't see I don't see the, the boasting. It, it doesn't affect me. I would much rather get two smaller turkeys than one massive turkey. Too much to can go wrong with that. And uh, I don't like it. If, if that's how you like to do it, yeah, you can dry the, out. It's, I mean, there's, you know, you cook a chicken, you know that, I mean, yeah. I can make a chicken succulent, juicy, everything. And it tends to be because they're not, you know, I'm not cooking a pterodactyl. I'm not trying to get the biggest tur- right. chicken I can find. No, do I want the biggest turkey? So, and so uh, usually somewhere between 13 and 15 pounds is what I'm good with. Yeah. And I usually get two of those. So I'll do the continue to do the same thing uh, with this uh, particular smoke. All right, so we agree 13 to 15 pound turkeys, one's going to be Cajun, one's going to be um, uh, jerked. All right, yep. perfect. And then um, for sides. Oh, oh, how do you get the sides and you miss ham? Or you don't want ham anymore? I'm just trying to understand where your brain is at. Our our ham is pretty straightforward. It's a staple. <laughs> I, I It's a pillar. It, you know, there's four pillars. Ham is definitely one of them. So, you know, we definitely go... Uh, we go with the uh, honey baked, honey baked bone in, yeah. spiral cut ham, bone in, spiral cut, thirteen pounds, roughly thirteen, fifteen pounds. It's a must. I mean, no, uh, there's other hams out there that are good. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people don't even have a honey baked in their area, but for us, or you can, hunt, they can ship. Let's be clear. Yeah, but they, 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 if you don't know about it, you would never know to ask to ship it. But for us, honey baked hams are. To us, the best hams that we that uh, for our meals, and you know, everybody always is like, "Oh, I know this place, and I know that place," and I think that happened last year, didn't it? Uh, yes, yes. And and but- that poor ham sat there all lonely, like, and uh, yeah, the honey baked honey baked got demolished as normal. So yeah, we go honey baked. Uh, I guess I should mention it, but that's an easy discussion. We definitely go uh, go honey baked ham. Uh, so for sides, I think we stay pretty traditional. Um, mac and cheese. So you said you're coming back the Monday before. Yep, you got it. But I can, I can. My kids. I mean, I can. I know your wife likes to make mac and cheese. I like to throw together mac and cheese. Um, I, uh, I've seen a lot of recipes for like fried deviled eggs fried devil eggs i would try it yeah, man i'm I'll, a devil I'll, egg I'm gonna, dude i gotta find it i sent it to because my wife enjoys some deviled eggs and i, I love it. deviled eggs yeah but i don't have time to test it right you know the last right. time you want to do is test it out but i had seen um uh let's see if i can find it i saw a video and i was like oh this looks interesting and i sent it to of course i sent it to my wife because like oh you you might find this interesting because it was it was deviled eggs it was fried it looked i thought it looked pretty good and i'll see if i can find it, it was definitely a youtube i think i'm pretty sure it was a youtube video uh-huh. uh, where i had to watch him because i was like these look these look pretty good we hmm. should we should definitely try uh some fried deviled eggs so okay all right um but that's probably more appetizer right than uh yeah yeah have people slide on the plate as well but yeah <laughs> all right and then uh i guess yeah i guess so um so traditional sides, we go with mac and cheese. We go candy yams. My mom's candy yams. Um, you guys did stuffing last year, and we did stuffing. Are we good? Are you guys gonna do that again? Uh, we can definitely do some. We can definitely do stuff, but you gotta have it's, stuffing. So yeah, no, we're definitely doing stuffing. And I'm definitely making. So the question is, are we doing stuffing and we're doing um hash brown casserole? Yeah, I. I I, I don't see a Thanksgiving anymore without hash brown casserole. All right. Let's let's at least agree because I don't know don't. if you I don't know if you recall the photo from last year. Oh yeah, it was gorgeous, but it was a lot of food. But yeah. I, I can just I think I think I did multiple trays of hash brown casserole. So we can do we can cut that back. I've been doing really good about cutting back the amounts. Like it used to be four trays of hash brown casserole, four trays of stuffing, and then, you know, 
so I can do one tray of hash brown casserole. Um, stuffing, I'll probably continue. Well, if you guys do a stuffing, I'll do one tray of stuffing as well. Yeah, we'll just do we'll do one thing of stuffing because I think we, 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 we'll do, we just have too much food. Yeah, so. and then we we'll do one tray of mac and cheese. Um, yeah. my wife, my wife makes think, excellent mac and cheese. Yeah, we can do. Well, I'm saying you guys can do one too. Um, yeah, we can do we, two things of mac and cheese just so we know we no, have. When I say one tray, I mean from my side, we will do one tray. <laughs> you are certainly welcome to do one tray as well. Um, because, uh, yeah, you know, there has Candy to be games. I'd probably say, like, I know my kids, when it's all said and done, they will go back to mac and cheese. They will go back to turkey. They will go back to ham. They will probably will touch some stuffing. They, my wife will do the, ha- the hash brown casserole, but I, there's a point in time where I know you start to like, if the more you have the it's, you gotta get that food gone. And my kids are, I don't know. I don't know about your household, but there's only so many days where they'll be like, you're eating what you have for Thanksgiving a week ago. <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. back to it. Yeah. So I can do, I can do one tray of candy. Yams. That's fine. Um, the problem is before I would just house that stuff every day, all day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But now that I'm, you know, watching what I eat more, it's harder for me to do that. And I don't have the appetite that I used to have. So I'll do one tray of candy yams. Makes my life easier anyway. It's a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of work for the way, um, my mom does it. All right. It. And I did, I did find the YouTube video for the fried devil eggs. And for mm-hmm. anybody who is interested in it, I'm going to warn right now. The guy who does the video is goofy, but the process looks pretty tight. All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm prefixing that. I mean, let's be very clear. The, he has a 1.18 million subscribers and this video in itself, uh, 500,000 views. So he's doing something right. Let me be very clear there. <laughs> but like I say, I looked at the recipe. And I was like, they just look good. Like right, there's just, there's no arguing with it, and I'll also put a link in for the honey baked ham store. I I don't think it's super hard to find. You heard us say honey baked, so yeah. you'll be able and, to find uh, it quickly. But uh, we, I will we, link to honey baked ham because it's. It, and for folks that's never heard of it, we've been doing honey baked hams probably our whole lives. So, um, this this is a staple of our uh, at least for us uh, of our Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners is the honey baked ham. So yeah, uh, they have a lot of sides. Yeah, oh yeah, I never get do. any of them. I never get anything else. And and the lines are usually yeah. zigzagged in the store and then they usually go out the door. The key is not just to pre-order, but order and pay. So when you get there and, and try to pick it up like two or three days ahead of time, you don't want to pick it up the day before Thanksgiving. You want to pick it up like the Monday ahead of Thanksgiving because typically with a ham, all you have to do is put it out on the counter and let it warm up. So pick it up the Monday, put it in your refrigerator take it out on Thanksgiving day and let it warm up. You really do avoid some lines. And if you can pick it up the weekend before, pick it up the weekend before it is, it can get dicey, but if you're fortunate enough where you can just, you know, or it's unfortunate where you don't live in the area of a store and you have to have it shipped and that's fine too. But anything you do to avoid going into that store on the day before, like one or two days before is it, you'll, you'll thank yourself because it doesn't matter what hour you try to get there. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, a madhouse. nightmare. Yep. Um, so we probably need some green beans somewhere. I'll leave that to you guys. All right. Um, whether it be just straight green beans or green bean casserole. Um, and I'll check with my wife if she's okay with the sides. Sometimes she wants to do Brussels sprouts. I don't eat them, but I, I, I think uh, you made, I love Brussels sprouts. I think you made one last year that she really liked. So, uh, I probably did it with a, a balsamic reduction is yeah. what I would suspect if I popular did it. for popular for, uh, that those, those things. <laughs> so we'll, we'll either go with, <laughs> we'll either go with green beans or we'll go with, uh, um, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm not eating. My kids will eat both. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll eat one, not the other. So that's All fair. Right. So, okay. So you will we eat have- green beans. Or you want to eat Brussels sprouts. Correct. Um, so we have the sides laid out. Uh, we have the turkey and the ham. Sometimes I do a third meat, but I don't think since, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do that this year. Um, well, we do need the sweets. So I know your wife is a massive fan of pumpkin pie. So yeah, we will be going thing. to our orchard. And I know Wegmans, oddly enough, 
She really liked the pumpkin pie from Wegmans, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And um, apparently there's gonna be a, there might be a shortage of pies this year. So probably we already got our pies. Okay. All right. My Fair wife enough. already went up to the orchard, got pies. So we have a pumpkin pie. We have a blueberry pie. They're tucked away in the freezer. We'll come out when we get back. Be ready yep. to roll. All right, cool. And it's because we wanted, we knew that we were getting back late and we wanted to avoid the, we can't yeah. get the pies we want. So we do have that, but uh, obviously I know she really liked the Wegmans one, but I know she can get that a little bit closer yeah. um, and us not run the risk of us putting, having a pie that goes bad. But the orchard, last time we tried to get it very close to Thanksgiving, they were out. Uh, okay. So, cool. yeah, and that's another good tip. If you have a orchard, like if you have young kids, I mean, and you've done apple picking, all that kind of stuff. Typically, an orchard near you, they probably do make like pumpkin, blueberry, apple, all those types of pies. So, yeah, take advantage of going to the orchard and trying out their pies because you local never orchard, know. Yeah, and they're usually pretty damn good. Um, do we want to do a third meet or no? Uh, because you know, I've used to do like the pork tenderloin, and uh, but I, I don't know, I think I'm gonna cut back this year. <laughs> No third meet. Okay. We yeah. will, yeah, we'll make, we'll make a, uh, a decision that, um, for two families <laughs> that probably 20 plus pounds of the, of just Turkey. Plus there's no way we're going to go with anything less than 11 pounds of, uh, Ham. I, I'm pretty sure that's the smallest or the largest they have on the, uh, yeah, I think they go to like 15. So do they, let's see. I'll, I'll check their site while we're sitting here chatting, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll just keep it simple. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm going to, I'm going to go skip past the, uh, tenderloins this year. Yeah. Bone um, in is 11 pounds. That's okay. The largest, that's large they have. So yeah, we should be good. And, I, I think uh, that's, that's good. That's, uh, is it just going to be us or are you inviting your friends again? Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, my wife I don't does. know. Yeah, I don't know how they ended up with us last year. I something happened. And they I think up. it was yeah, it was like kind of one of those last seconds. Like, hey, what are you guys doing? Do you mind if we swing by? Like, yeah, whatever. We we I know it's, it's I know one. We knew we had enough food. Two, they were both uh, vegetarians, so it was like, yeah. So, are your in law? Are your uh, in laws coming? No, but I will say this much. I will potentially uh, do like a salmon or something to that effect. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, I figured we, I was just, that was going to be the next question if you wanted to do a salmon. Um, okay. All right. So very good. So if we do a third meet, it would be a salmon. So, yeah. um, all right. Very good. Now sides are covered. Uh, I'm sure we'll pick up some bread and stuff like that, but let's get into this Turkey a little bit. Cause there's a, a tip that uh, we got on the episode with Pitmaster Tyler that uh, I was unaware of. And it was one of my favorite reasons that he was on the show. And that was about the uh, injection. And so when I went back into the store and uh, learned some more about it, uh, here's, here's what I found out. And this will help. Uh, I think it's really going to step the game up for us and uh, and for anybody that listens to this. So, if you weren't paying attention, one of the things that Tyler mentioned was that the if you buy an injection for a piece of meat, whether it be turkey, brisket, or whatever, a lot of these injections have uh, phosphates in it. And what happens is these phosphates actually pull moisture into the meat as opposed to a typical injector where you're injecting the meat and you're essentially just putting liquid. You expect some of it to come back out. Um, and um, yeah, you lose a lot of it. This instead kind of binds itself and pulls the moisture in, creating a juicier product. So when I went in and had a conversation about it a little bit more, you, you know, she explained to me is that you have to pay attention to what you're getting because it could be injection or injector. And so essentially one adds flavor to the meat. The other one helps to pull moisture into the meat. So you have to pay attention. She also mentioned that in her experience, it's better to mix up the one with the phosphates in it and let it sit for 24 hours. Because she says what a lot of people will complain about is that when they, they mix it, inject it, um, they find it to be a bit salty and it's because they didn't let it, the salt break down into the, into the uh, liquid. Cause these are powdered stuff that you get and then you mix it with uh, so, a liquid. 
when you were over at Mason Dixon, did you see a particular yeah, injection? I bought it. Yeah, I okay, bought it. Which one did you get? Uh, shoot, I gotta let me send a message for them to bring it down, and um, I'll get the name. But um, yeah. So, and what I wanted because they had all kinds of different ones there that had different flavorings, and because I was doing the jerk turkey, I didn't want to overpower the the flavor that so um, Malcolm Reed has is Malcolm's bird brine. Yep. And so but you're talking injections. Right. So this and this is another thing, right? So you can so they'll typically brine it and inject it. Right? And so the brine helps to pull some of that uh salt and flavors in there and some of that moisture, but injecting it then adds that additional with the phosphates in it. So you have to so you still would brine it and then you would inject it before you cook it. And was it a uh, injection for turkey or was it a I got it for chicken. I got a chicken one because okay. at the end of the day, it's a uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I only I see like they have like I think brining. We are a typical, at least I've typically been sugar salt type brine because. So will you change up how you're brining? Yeah, because so of the injection and the injection being. Well, I just bought the uh, I bought the prefabbed. Uh, uh, I think the one I bought for the turkey was a, it was an injector. Um, so I'm going to just inject with that and I'm going to do my traditional brine. I think that's how I laid it out. Okay. I'm very curious which injection you went with because they, they do have a, a number of options on the site. Um, but, uh, I was wondering if it was a turkey specific one. I, cause I, the, the problem is like, I think adding herbs to the, in, like to your brine totally fine like if you want to do like a little bit of garlic a little bit of this a little bit of thyme a little bit of uh, bay leaves i think those are things are fine to add in i think where you start uh, to skirt the line is when you start adding in like that heat like saying well i know i want it to be let's say a little bit of kick of spice you start adding in that heat element into your brine where it really can overpower like i would never brine and then try to you know put like a jerk seasoning into the brine because i think it would just you'd overpower um, with the heat of that and into the meat versus letting it be that piece that just hits the back of the palate when you rub it on and it's on the outside of the meat versus trying to go all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I did, I'm almost certain that what I bought for the turkey, like I said, was just an, was the injection to add the moisture and, uh, and then okay. I'll brine it myself. And then, but I did buy the meat church one for the brisket that has the phosphates in it. Um, so just double checking. Give me a, give me a second. I'll be right back. All right, here we go. So I bought the Holy Cow brisket injection from, uh, from, uh, from them. And, and that's this, when you're going to, that's when we're doing brisket, right? Yeah. This is for when I do a brisket. This one yep. has the, uh, phosphates and all that stuff in it. Right. So okay. this, and so that's what I bought for this, for that. Then, go ahead. No, no, I'm waiting for the turkey one. That's the one I care about right now. Yeah. So for the other one is I bought the uh, Butcher Barbecue. That's a a brand that they carry, and this is the Bird Booster uh uh injector injection. Gotcha. Okay. So so this actually has phosphates in it as well. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so because I said I was going to do my brine, but then I would inject it. Uh with this um, instead of, cause typically I would brine it and I would make up an injector injection as well. Um, but instead of injecting with what I normally inject with, I'm going to inject with this instead for that, to pull that moisture into the bird. So uh, the, the instructions are simple. Use the scoop provided, mix one level scoop of injection, a uh, quarter cup with two cups of water and stir well. Now I'm not going to use water. I'm going to use a chicken broth. Which she um she said is perfectly fine, and okay. then so one scoop with the two cups of chicken broth or liquid water uh, makes enough for ten pounds of meat. All right. So th- are you trying this on both birds, or are you just trying it for one? Nope, I'm gonna do it for both. No, nope, I'm I'm pretty confident this is gonna be a game changer. All right. All right. So yeah. So instead, of, so this is just so I could probably mix in. Actually, just has some 
chicken base to it. So it, ingredients are simple. It has a uh, sodium phosphate, uh, butter buds, uh, black pepper and chicken base. So I could probably add some stuff to it if I wanted to, but I'm, I think I might just use it as is. Cause most of the, especially the jerk, they're going to pick up a lot of the seasoning and flavor from, from the, uh, from the rub. You know what I mean? Right. So I think I'm just going to inject it. I'm, I will brine it, take it out. And when I inject it, I'll just inject it with this um, and then season it and let it go. And then later on, we'll do an, we'll do the first brisket with this uh, phosphate based uh, injector. And then. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll see. We'll see the difference with, with this one as well. So um, I'll have to. I'll have to double check to make sure that if they do a double injection, right? If they do one that adds flavor and this, or do they add the flavoring to this or whatever? But um, I think most of the time they're going to get a lot of the flavor from the brine and then use this for the moisture. That's, that's my interpretation of what's going on here. So we've got right. some, exper- we have some experimenting to do and this is going to be fun to kind of grow and find this new methodology of stepping the game up yeah, when, it, I think- when it comes to doing uh, good smoked food. And uh, this is why we do the show. All right. Yeah, I think this this one seems like it could be an interesting one to give a shout out to. So, hey, yep. you know, I'm all for it. And yep. they do. It looks like they do have a couple different flavors. So they do have a chipotle flavor, a honey flavor. Yep, and I saw they sell all flavor. of those. Those guys sell all of those, but I just got the original flavor. Yep, because I didn't want to interfere with what I was trying to do. Yeah, uh, with the pro- my, with yeah. The dirt. I, that's. I think that's a kind of a good tip. Is stick on your flavor profile. Like, you know, the, I think the biggest mistake that I don't want to say too people much. tend to make, but yeah, we tend to add too much to what our flavor profile is supposed to be. So, right. um, yeah, it's wherever a, you can, uh, yeah, simple, but complex is what I like to describe it as. So the next tip that I got, which was really interesting because everybody knows we're big fans of injecting our uh, meats. Um, you know, I have that massive injector. Spit Jack, uh, right? That's the Spit Jack. Yep. And uh and she gave me a little tip. So typically um I kind of divide the breast into, you know, I go front to back and basically I say, you know, space it out four injection holes across the, you know, on each side of the on each breast. And every time I inject, what I'll do is I'll lift the injector out a little bit, change the angle, push it back in. So I use the same hole, but I try to inject in multiple directions within that same hole. Yep. So her tip was do not inject through the skin. Okay. I was like, huh? And she goes, so a lot of people don't realize when you, you know, a lot of times when your skin starts to tear, it's because you inject it through the skin and you tore the skin and it's not cooking properly anymore. What she suggested I do is take my hand and run it under the skin to kind of, you know, to dislodge the skin from the meat, then inject under the skin. And she goes, what happens is a, you don't tear the skin and it cooks better, but B because the skin is sitting on top, you know, it kind of helps kind of hold to hold it in. And I just thought that was brilliant. No, never heard that before. Been doing this for a long time. And she just banged me with that tip right out the gate. So I was like, okay, dope. So I'm definitely going to give that a run. So uh, I'll move the skin around. I'll eject under the skin. Yeah, I know in the breast how you can get that. I'm just thinking like thighs and like yeah, you get into the well, wings. Probably I, I just, sometimes you just can't. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, she didn't say to, you know, tear completely de-skin it. Remove and do the it. skin and right. then nicely. Stitch it back right. on. Right. So I'll, I'll do the best I can. But but for the thighs and all that stuff, I'll just try to find a location and just it once and just kind of go through there as opposed to tearing yeah. the whole thing. So and I got to find some uh, butcher time. I've, every year I'm out and, uh, you know, my, my bird is sitting there going, ta-da. <laughs> uh, full display. Comes, yeah, full display when it comes out the smoker. So I definitely got to get me some butcher time for this uh, this run. But uh, very, very excited for the turkey this year. Um, I think I have a feeling that this is going to come in strong. And then once we learn how to use these injections with the phosphates in it better, then we start really playing around with you know the different brands and figuring out uh, what's what. But these two are very popular for them, so that's why I started with these first: um, the butcher barbecue and the holy cow for the brisket. 
So I'm super excited because that works out for the brisket. Imagine what it's going to do for the prime rib and all that stuff, right? Right. Yeah, I was going to, uh, I, I think I had mentioned that, uh, on our last episode that I definitely planned prime rib is going to be a Christmas thing. And I don't, I feel like I sent you a link to a couple different places to get prime rib from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, which comes, uh, been, uh, sending their special farm definitely is a, an option for that, but I've, I've seen a couple others that do, uh, some prime ribs recently. Um, and, uh, I'll we see probably if I can find at 44 farms too. 44 farms definitely does it. Uh, I think there's another one called, I think it's called the butcher shop. Mm hmm. Is that the one Tyler suggested? Uh, I don't know if this is one that he suggested or not. Is there that butcher that he suggested in the episode? We could probably check out as well. Yeah, but uh, I think it was the butcher shop that I saw. I mean, yeah, they do. The ones we've gotten that. from our from our local butcher from our butcher here that we go to has been stellar every single year. But I wouldn't mind changing it up and trying to trying something different. So the nice thing about the butcher shop, so they have prime rib mm-hmm. and then they have dry aged prime rib. Uh, which, which is, is what we, the, a challenge has been a challenge for us. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not cheap. A 10 pounder is going to cost you three sixty, or mm. should I say one La Crusette? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it, it, again, another, another option, like, cause it's nice to get them, but what, what we wind up doing is getting them a number of days ahead of time. So you're trying to do as much of the drying out as you can, but you're never going to get something that is like, you know, 30 day dry age, 60 day, 90 day dry age that you're going to get there. But what I haven't found out is what their dry aging process is right. or sorry, not process, but how long do they dry age for? Cause it's very easy to say we dry age for a day. Here you go. It's like, right. Well, you want to know too what their process is. Is dry brine is, I mean, yeah. dry, dry, dry age, uh, you know, do they have a, a uh, what is it, the, the glass uh, tempered uh, storage uh, thing that they do? Yep. Yeah, so it would be good to know what the process they're doing. Now, um, I have to ask, is the sous vide coming out at all for this? Like, I'm looking at the things going on here because I know I wish I was I, one thing I was actually expecting to hear you say you were to make were like some type of. I'll call them roasted potatoes because you really like the way the potatoes, you like the way asparagus. Actually, we don't have any asparagus on here. Mm, maybe that might have to be. My kids really like asparagus too. Do you- yeah, potentially we could break out the sous vide for um, aspects of it. I had potentially thought about doing the uh, sweet potatoes, starting the sweet potatoes in the sous vide, but I was trying to figure out logistically how I would do that. So I didn't. I didn't bother with it, but uh, it would be interesting. Um, but or candy potatoes, I should say. Um, I don't know if uh, potentially it could happen. You could do the green beans that way. The uh, uh, we could definitely add some asparagus to the list and get those done. I love asparagus. My kids are funny when it comes to their veggies. Mm-hmm. They are, they are literally fine if they get. If their veggies are still have like green beans, they like them with still a little crunch to them. They don't. Oh, that's how they should be. They shouldn't, you yeah. know, be flopping around and completely overcooked. They should have some. Uh, yeah, asparagus to the it. same way. They they should bend, but they shouldn't fall. It if you're holding it from the end, it shouldn't fall and touch your wrist. Like they yeah. they like that little bit still in them, and it's just uh, yeah. So asparagus would be another thing I'll we'll actually consider on our list of. Yeah, uh, I did the uh, I did the asparagus. With the red potatoes, and then I put a, like a nice little stick of thyme and some butter, and then cooked that in a sous vide, and that was phenomenal. Um, so we could potentially do something like that as opposed to traditionally doing like mashed potatoes or something, uh, along those lines. So, yeah, I, I believe me, I've, I mean, I've, you could, of course, you look at this and you're like, where are the mashed potatoes at? Where's the gravy at? And I do like mashed potatoes. I've ever, the problem yeah. when you smoke things is you tend not to have that gravy right. that you have when you're, or, or at least you don't have all this, the, 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 the pieces the juices, you need yeah. To, yeah, to make And not gravy. to mention, you know, when you, like, I wouldn't replace anything we discussed earlier for mashed potatoes. Not the candy yams, not the hash brown casserole, not, not mac, mac and cheese. And cheese. No, yeah, I wouldn't replace any it of those things. It on. Right. So it it's either we feel like adding on mashed potatoes or it just takes the L. And usually 
it's like 50 50 like one year we'll do them and then you know the next year i was like ah we'll pass you know we got enough starch as it is so yeah um but i I love a good mashed potato especially like a garlic mashed potato you know with cheese in it and you know i don't play no games i'm uh, i'm good with that so yeah so um that's it i think we're ready to rock uh we'll definitely uh i'll smoke both turkeys here um I guess. Yeah, yeah. We'll smoke both turkeys here since you'll be back in time to help with the size that uh, takes and some honestly, of the pressure off. <coughs> and if I can, I, I honestly don't know how I'm going to handle it because I want to make sure I'm eating around 4, 430 so I can watch Dallas lose because uh, that's just tradition, right? Sure. There's nothing better than a Thanksgiving day while you're watching Dallas. Yeah, we didn't talk about time. So, yeah. So, if we want to eat around 4, that means generally. Well, the turkey. 4.35, as long as I can have a plate of food while I watch Dallas get beat up on. Like yeah. That is that's an important thing. And, and then, by the New yeah. England game, I'll be ready two sheets to the wind. Yeah. And typically, the uh, turkeys cook faster then you would think you know, it's not an overnight cook like a brisket. Uh, Caterades are going to come in handy to keep them nice and piping hot. Yep. And I got, you know, I have the three now and I actually bought a little, uh, a nice little storage container for outside. Uh, something we'll talk about in another day is like storing a lot of this stuff. And, you know, actually before we wrap up here, cause I think one thing important, you, we get done, we carve up all the Turkey yeah, you take your stuff home. I take my stuff home. But then you yep. have the carcass that's left over, all the bone left over. Yep, still tons of meat left on it. And that's the same thing that goes with ham. I mentioned that we we're going to touch on the soups you like to make. So we, I know we're not going to get into the, all the recipe of the soup, but could you talk about? Because you, yeah, you tend to make two different soups. Yeah. So traditionally, for me, I like to take both turkeys, uh, boil them down. And, you know, I try to get like a lot of the loose meat that comes out of that and separate it and strain off the bones and stuff and take that broth and put it back in a pot with whatever meat I was able to salvage and make like a nice little veggie soup uh, with the turkeys, you know, nice and uh, very rich in flavor because you have that jerk flavor, you have that Cajun flavor um, and it's, uh, it, you know, really good and I enjoy it. Yeah, I'll freeze some because I'll make so much sometimes. Rod usually gets a good helping for his family. Um, and I just enjoy making a good soup. Uh, but with the ham, I turn, I tend to make like a navy bean soup instead. Um, that I really enjoy, like a heartier soup. And uh, so I'll take that and, you know, boil it down and start the, the soup and to go find some navy beans and you know, the Navy bean, it's a lot more work because you kind of have to soak the beans first before they go in and, you know, finding the flavors for that. And so I'll either make a, a Navy bean soup with that or uh, some kind of like stew, you know, with that, with the, with the ham bone in it. But probably most likely it's going to be a Navy bean soup again because I really, they came out really good last time. Yeah. And I, th- I think the nice thing is some people love like days of leftovers and some people are like, I'm good through the weekend and then it's got to go. So obviously you want to, you can make all of the stuff that we're talking about, but you just would make Less. smaller volumes. You may not make two turkeys. You might just decide I'm only going to do one or even uh, just and, a breast. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just a breast. I know one of my buddies, he loves every year he goes to Popeye's and gets one of their turkey breasts. He, he, he swears by it, loves Popeye's, but a single guy at home by himself. He's like, I'm not making a whole turkey. I'm just not gonna eat that much meat. But a Popeye's turkey breast, he'll go to Popeye's and he's like oh. you said, he's like, it's so succulent. He loves it. Uh, it's not my thing, but hey. Another thing is, uh, I was watching Malcolm Reed uh, this week, and you know, typically we finish the turkey, we take it off, and then um, you know, we take the turkey out and we just start slicing right off the turkey. Who does? We do. We cut, we, we start. We do. We cut, you know, we take the turkey and we start slicing, making breast slices. No, no. I mean, when I say take, I mean after the rest. I'm not talking oh, about saying we take like, it right out of the What the hell are no. you talking about? No, no, no. <laughs> Just talking about when we take it out, we're ready to eat and we start slicing. Yes, that, of okay, course that includes right. resting. <laughs> but he did something interesting and he pointed out something. He was like, he's like, that's perfectly fine. That's a traditional way of slicing a turkey. But you are cutting with the grain. 
of the meat. And so what he did instead was he actually took the knife, ran it down the breastbone, and then come up underneath it on the other side and completely remove the breast and cut it across, like down through the skin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so which is, you know, I've seen that before, but he's like, this way you're cutting against the grain and that way people have a better chew. And it makes a difference when, you know, when you're cutting, when you're biting into something. Yep. What part of it would, so I think I might actually try. And plus that was able to separate the meat immediately. And then he just had the carcass left, which then, you know, made it easier to kind of put away. So he cut the, the leg off, he cut the thigh off, and then he sliced the thigh, he sliced the leg, um, right off the bone. Uh-huh. And then. I have no doubt there's somebody who likes a spatchcock and saying, and this is why I spatchcock. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know your presentation is nice, but what you're going to wind up doing is exactly what I did it from the start when it was raw and easy and not hot and burning my hands. Yeah, no. Not my Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but there is some truth to it. Like, I mean, essentially what you do is you say, all right, everybody see the bird? Take your quick photos. Now let me, you know, dice this thing up where – the, one of the yeah, values. Well, we're like not say, dicing it. We're still slicing it. But the presentation, I think, is much nicer, right? Because you have the individual legs, you have the individual wings, but then you have the breast sliced, in, but it's still intact, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah, knocking yeah. it. I, 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 I think know. it's. So it's, it's a I good just idea. think. Uh, yeah, it looked good. I'm gonna give that a shot this year. I've never done it, but uh, it didn't look. It look. I mean, I've. We I'm, we I'm all on this year. show know from probably episode one or two how you feel about spatchcocking. Not my thing. It's not my thing. Well, no. To be fair, I will do a spatchcock, but for Thanksgiving, that's a no. That's a no go for me. Cool. Hey, folks, listen. Thank you so much for checking us out uh, for season three. Uh, we love the growth in the show. We want to continue to see it grow. So certainly, uh, I-, I love seeing the. Oh my God, you guys have a show that combines my two favorite things: tech and barbecue. And we love that reaction. So please keep spreading the word. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters who make it much easier for us to check out uh, new equipment. Uh, you know, we will, we'll wrap this season up with the Thanksgiving episode. We'll definitely be posting pictures uh, and stuff. And then uh, we'll probably get a bonus episode for we'll, prime rib where we, yeah. uh, we will definitely talk about where we order from. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely have a bonus episode talking about prime rib. We'll probably have at least two or three bonus episodes this time around. Uh, that'll come out and of course our patrons will get them right away and then you know we'll put them on the feed for everybody else to get and then yeah we'll uh season four will be around around the corner before you even know it awesome all right well happy thanksgiving everybody yes happy thanksgiving everybody we out Peace. peace
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.